0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life in Sport Podcast, and we're joined by a very special guest. His name is Dre Everett, a younger brother of uh, Hawthorne, St. Kilda, and Swans player, Spider Everett, uh, this Everett made a name for himself in his own way in the AFL, playing for Carlton, Western Bulldogs, and the Sydney Swans. Thanks for joining us. And what have you been up to today so far? This episode is made possible by our main sponsor, Troy Thompson from LJ Hooker, Gungarland. As you may or may not know, Troy played 156 first grade NRL games for the Canberra Raiders, which means he's a team player, and he'll help you tackle all of your home buying and selling goals in the Gungarland area. Good day. Thank you for having me. Um, today, it's been... Shocking
1: weather down in Melbourne. Um, just caught up with some friends. It's actually, there's a um, Mexican festival, um, ah. Flagstaff Gardens, which we went there and we had a, a nice little lunch in the city or well on Brunswick Street. So, um, yeah, that's been about it. Pretty cruisy yeah. day.
0: Yeah, nice. What would you have? Like, what meal?
1: Uh, we went to this little uh, Japanese restaurant called Nico Nico. Um, yep. Both my partner and I are vegetarian and they do a good um, ramen there. So we went there and had that, which was delicious.
0: Very nice. I actually, non-vegetarian, but I did have a, a pork ramen in with like a soy broth the other day from a local Japanese restaurant called Gyoza Man. It's, it, it's unparalleled. I love ramen.
1: Yeah, we're we're pretty similar. Um, it's one of our treats that we go to. Uh, it's not too far from home, 25, 30 minutes away. So oh, I go far. there every every few months for a treat.
0: Yeah, nice. That that's good to hear. So let's get stuck in and started about your career. Obviously, it all starts at the grassroots level, junior footy. What was your junior footy like growing up? Because obviously, you're you're quite younger than Spider, so obviously, you already had a superstar brother by the time you were starting and, and playing AF and like Aussie rules, like junior footy. What was it like? Did he help you out at, at any point during that time as well? Uh, no, we've
1: sort of got a, a bit of a different relationship. Oh, we've okay. Never, we've never really spoke about. Footy, too much, um, okay. which has been sort of good. Uh, there is, as you said, he, there is a big age gap 15 to 16 years um, there. Both got the same parents, though. So yep. um, everyone asks us <laughs> that if we're cousins or, or yep.
0: brothers, whatever we are. So, yep. um, well, yeah, my he, partner he is started, 16 years older than her youngest sibling. So I, I totally get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, we've got a, a pretty big family. So I think the oldest between the oldest Debbie and myself is near on 20 years. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, there's a pretty big difference. Um, but yeah, footy wise, he started playing when I was about three. So, um, I sort of grew up within that environment, um, in terms of, yeah, it was, it was good, but it was also tough yep. in that sense. Cause he was such a big player and the, all the expectations, um, I found that a little bit harder in my younger years, you know, getting abused over the fence because of what my brother did on the weekend. And oh
0: yeah, that, that, sort that, that didn't stuff. even factor in. Wow.
1: Yeah, when you're you know 12, 13 getting abused by parents over the sidelines wasn't great, but no, that sort wow. Sammy held me in good stead to when I came up to the big league. You get sort yeah. of used to that that sort of environment. But um yeah, I played down for a local club called Somerville where I grew up and I played all my junior career down there. Yep. Um, we had a pretty successful team and I was uh, – Went any flags better? with them? Uh, yeah, we won a couple of uh, when I was younger, 15, um, under 15s and 13s maybe. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, we always had a pretty good team and had a fair few good players in that. So, um, yeah, that was always good. Uh, from there, I, I moved up to the Nong Stingrays. Yep. I played my first year under there. And from that, I, I ended up getting drafted to yeah the Western Bulldogs as a bottom age in uh, the end of 2006.
0: Yeah, and obviously you went on to play uh- – quite a lot of AFL games like well over 100 which is amazing first of all it's one it's it's 100 and something more than I've ever played in the AFL obviously um but one thing I do want to t- touch on if you're okay with it is obviously I got some intel from Spider that you were born with a club foot um, how, did, how did that, like, imp- if maybe he may have been bullshitting with me, I don't know. Cause you know, brothers sometimes, you know, spin yarns, but <laughs> if it is true, um, how did that impact you in your younger life, you know, cause you could have may maybe ever never ended up playing AFL.
1: Yeah. it's um, he wasn't bullshitting. Yeah. It, okay. It's definitely a true story. So yeah, I was born with a club foot. Um, my Achilles wasn't attached and, Ooh. um, all that sort of jazz. So uh, I was very young, um, had the surgery near on you know as soon as i could do it to straighten up the foot and reattach the achilles with all bits and pieces and um i think it was when i was going through my rehab at a young age they took me in as my parents are now you know into their 70s so they're a little bit older but that old school generation was they sort of told them that you know i wouldn't be able to run and yeah do that here's a program that like-minded kids will be in and they're just you know Typical parents of that age, stuff it, it'll be fine. That sort yeah. of attitude, and um, I grew up knowing no different. So yeah. I, I didn't really, yeah. All that sort of impacted me was it was more when I started playing AFL. They measure my leg difference, and there's about three to four centimeters difference in leg length. Yeah. Um, I can, I still can't do a single leg calf raise on my right leg. Um, oh wow! I've always jumped off my left. can't double i can jump double jump but um i think it was a draft camp i was i really enjoyed high jump when i was younger and draft camp i was um you know in the top five or six on my left leg and then in the bottom five or six off my right so yeah
0: um
1: yeah very very left dominant even though my right's my kicking foot but yeah it it didn't really impact me until i got to footy in terms of afl because i wanted to correct it they um Put heel lifts in my shoes and gave me all groin issues and bits and pieces just because oh, I grew God. up learning how to, you know, run with it and yeah, compensate. your body
0: adjusted to it over those eighteen yeah. years, sort of thing. yeah,
1: yeah. So yes, yeah, so to this day I, I don't wear anything in my shoes. Um, I don't walk with a limp or anything. I've just sort of adjusted. All that you can tell is, um, I've got chicken legs as it is, but <laughs> my left is yeah a lot bigger than my right.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah, I just thought wondering, you know, because. As as you said, like it it was I said earlier, it could have definitely impacted you negatively, and you could have ended up never playing AFL. But you know, in spite of that, you did. And obviously, your first club that you played at in the AFL was the Western Bulldogs. What was your time like at the Western Bulldogs?
1: Yeah, I get asked um, a fair bit what were all the three clubs like. Western Bulldogs. I was just so young. Um, I got drafted at seventeen. I didn't have my license until March, after getting drafted in November. So I had a few boys pick me up every day. Um, to take me to training, yep, it was a, a little bit weird, and then yeah, I, I had Rodney Ead at, and at that stage. Um, I reckon I was my year was that semi first year of when, um, that old school coaching didn't really resonate with myself, yep. Um, yeah, that real hard line, you know, I like to be told I was going well, not told I was going bad, um, yep. and yeah, so we got to a point, you know, I think it was the end of my fourth year that yeah, we sort of sat down and, and Rocket's like, how are you feeling? And I was like, yeah, not too bad. And he's like, no, honestly, how do you feel? And then we sort of had a good conversation that, look, I think it's best that we, we part ways and we look elsewhere. And he was really, really good. Um, okay,
0: so there was no animosity in that sort of moving on sort of stage?
1: No, no, not not at all, and um, I can touch on that if you want to go past the yeah, the, the that'd exit be great when we get to the exit of the Carlton era. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was no animosity at all. Um, it sort of happened when I was on a footy trip in Hong Kong, which was um, a little bit different. And the boys sort of felt okay, but um, just being so young, Bulldogs yeah. was a great team to be a part of, and. I really like that Liam James has gone back there again. He's one of my good mates. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time there and and still live within the area.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that says a lot about a club, you know, the fact that you still live in that area, it really does go to prove that there was no animosity towards the club or anything. Cause there are some players that have a shocking type of exit with clubs and they're like off that club in there, like emotionally and all that for years. So that, that's good to hear. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did you end up at the Swans next or was it Carlton next?
1: Yeah. It was Sydney. Um, that's
0: right. Cause you, yeah. you were there towards the back end of spiders time there. If I'm not mistaken, maybe yeah. I am mistaken.
1: Yeah. I think there was a, a year like a year overlap sort of thing yeah a year where yeah he, he was out of the swans and i was sort yeah. of coming in so he was, got was he was the...
0: he part of that influence to get you there uh
1: no nah, not not a lot so yeah. that was a new era that was um john longmire's first year of coach yep. um that he took over that that i was up there so uh a little bit he gave me a little bit of intel but with a the new change of the coaching—you
0: can't really yeah. take it with a grain of salt, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and as I touched on earlier, we didn't talk a lot about footy. I reckon there was probably three times in my life that I, <laughs> I did speak to him about it, um, yep. whether it be yet yeah, trading or drafting or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I can't really recall if, if that was one of them, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought it was a, a big influence to get me up there.
0: No, that's fair. So. You ended up in Sydney. Um, What was it like? Obviously, the the exit conversation, you know, at at Western Bulldogs. You then head up to, you know, Sydney up into another state, a new culture more or less. What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, me and my partner really enjoyed Sydney. We both moved up. Um, We were 21 at the time. So, it moved up at 21 to 24. That was the years that we were there. And um, it's a good time to be in Sydney. Yeah. when you were living up there, yeah, it was good. We, we enjoyed ourselves. Um, I had Shane Biggs, the club come to me and said, Oh, you know, we've got a young rookie coming on. Do you mind having him for a few weeks until Christmas? Was like, yeah? Lo- no, it was like
0: a housemate sort of thing.
1: Yeah. It's like a housemate um, just to ease him into things. And yeah, he ended up staying for, I think it was six to 12 months. So <laughs> yeah, we built a really good relationship through that. And That's good. Um, yeah, we really enjoyed our time up there. Yeah. Um, And it was in that period where the Swans were playing some pretty good footy. Oh, they were
0: playing great footy. They ended up winning a a flag while you were there. What was that season like, like in general, the 2012 season at the Swans was the vibe, you know, sort of thing. Cause I've spoken to a few premiership players from many different sports. And they all say that the vibe that year that they won, it was totally different to every other season they have played. Would you agree with that sort of statement at the Swans that year? Uh,
1: Yeah, I would, as I was saying in terms of we really enjoyed ourselves i think that was uh, the um the catalyst from the whole club like it was everyone was in it together i think that's why sydney have been so successful over the years is mm. you've got no mates outside of footy really you've got your footy mates and that's about it and
0: cuz otherwise it's rugby league
1: yeah yeah and yeah a lot of them are from interstate whereas if you're from melbourne you you sort of go back home and and meet your friends and do whatever else but there it's yeah your friends are your footy mates so um we used to go down to the local pub on a thursday night and have a meal and in the raffle and it started three or four of us and by the end yeah, the night before the first final there was 15 to 16 of us all having a meal and joining in on the raffle and a bit of carry on and yeah, it was good fun so um yeah the whole vibe of the whole year was was yeah pretty good
0: that's that's honestly so awesome to hear, um, and obviously your time at the Swans came to an end, and you ended up at Carlton. What was the exit like? As you mentioned for West from I keep kind of say West Coast from Western from Western Bulldogs to uh, Swans, but from Swans to Carlton, what was that exit and you know joining the Carlton, going back to Victoria, all that sort of stuff like?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, this one was a little bit different. So it was ended two thousand and thirteen. I. Um, I ended up playing I think it was 21 or 22 games including the prelim against More or, or less
0: the whole season yeah.
1: Yeah and we got absolutely smoked over there so um that wasn't good but uh, yeah this is a this is why I really like John Wong why he's is very fair but he's also yeah you know, stern when he needs to be and yep. um, I actually caught up with him a, a few months ago at, at one of the boys birthdays up in Sydney and we had a good conversation and Same thing as the Bulldogs, no animosity at all when we left. and That's great. um, Yeah, I think that's just the way you sort of – I've treated most things, which is good. So what happened there was um, exit interview, go in there, and they were just honest and said, look, we didn't think you were going to have the year that you had. We had you delisted at the end of the year, um, but you played an extremely good season. Unfortunately, we don't have the spot slash – space money you know. left yeah so um we just recommend if you want to hang you know hang around do so if not have a look elsewhere so I was like okay no worries and um spoke to my manager and I said oh uh, he's like where do you think and I was like uh oh, anywhere but Carlton
0: <laughs> sorry sorry as a Collingwood fan you can see like I absolutely love that so much continue yeah,
1: yeah. so he's like anywhere but, but Carlton I was like oh so why why do you say that? And then I um sort of, no, nah, I won't get along with Mick Malthouse. I, I yeah. won't get along with him. Yep. Old school coach, same as Rocket. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't like it. So about an hour and a half later, I had a call from um Andrew McKay, head of football at Carlton at the time. He's like, How do you feel about joining Culton?
0: Was there any other clubs that were interested?
1: Uh yeah, there, was, there was always a couple. Okay. Um, yeah, most most times I sort of finished up. There was always a couple, which is always nice to feel yep. wanted. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> and he's like, um, would you entertain meeting Mick? Um, I said, yeah, I would. But the only thing is I'm up in Port Douglas holidaying with my huh. family and there's only a few days left to trade period at this stage. Yep. Um, so what happened then was, he's like, okay, call me back and he's like mick can be up there tomorrow morning oh shit so I was well, like, if he's
0: willing to do that
1: yeah i was like what he you i'll like, call douglas he goes yep yeah, yep yeah, no worries he's like he's, he's got his family up here and um they're holidaying as well so he'll come and see you and so he flew up we, we had a good hour convo and as soon as that finished i called my manager and said get me to carlton
0: also um, mick really sold it yeah sort of yeah
1: yeah just that that um work-life balance i love footy i trained really hard but um it wasn't my life no i sort of enjoyed myself uh, myself outside of footy and yeah he was a big believer of that and um yeah he was a big influence of getting me there and yeah very thankful that he did because yeah i really enjoyed it so oh and this was a year so sydney finished up at sydney and just sort of now it all comes to fruition that it was myself, Shane Mumford. I think Jesse White at that time as well, Jed Lamb as well, all yep. sort of fringe players for the year, except for Mummy, of course. But um, then the big bud come that year, so yeah. that's where all the money went.
0: Yeah, now that it absolutely makes sense in hindsight. Yeah, um, and obviously you said that work-life balance. A lot of players, you know, like to play golf, or they like to nowadays. You know, some are gamers, some like to do darts or whatever on like to help them decompress away from you know the high intensity pro sport what was your sort of you know decompressing thing away from sport uh mine
1: was um mine was golf as well Um i would just get out on the course and i would walk it by myself um but weirdly enough i would also go to the gym so yeah that was more so when i come back down to melbourne i would do all my sessions but then you know of an hour or two of night i'll just go to a 24 7 gym and sit in there for a couple of hours and do some weights and listen to some music or whatever i wanted to do but yeah just something to take my mind off
0: away from the like you were doing a gym of your own accord not of when the club was telling you you needed to so it was kind of an escape as well yeah sort of it
1: was a, yeah it was, an, it was an escape for me i, I really enjoyed it i like that side of um the fitness side of things, but yeah, you couldn't tell the club because they wouldn't let you do it. So <laughs> that's um, fair. So
0: for now, no. Nah, but nah, back <laughs> back then, definitely couldn't tell them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, your time at Carlton, you did have Mick as as coach. Obviously, Dal Thomas, former Collingwood player, was there as well. What was the playing group? You know, and and what was it like playing at Carlton? Uh, I,
1: when you run out in front of ninety thousand people, your first game at the MCG is. <laughs> Yeah, against Richmond is pretty unreal. Um, massive, massive club yeah. to be with. Um, yeah, uh, the time there, footy clubs are all pretty similar in the sense. You, you've you got a bunch of boys from different backgrounds coming in, and playing a game, chasing the footy around. But um, in terms of, yeah, I, I think I was a bit older, a bit more mature at 24 to 27. Um,
0: <laughs> yep, but that yeah. still is definitely a mature age when it comes to AFL.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a little bit more mature, but playing for a club like Carlton, um, almost like what I've said, I keep in contact with a few boys still. Um, the Shane O'Sullivan, who who's uh, general manager. I'm not too sure his role now, but still contact you know, a lot of them. And yeah, really looking forward to getting down there and looking at the new facilities sometime soon because they're, they're pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um... And going on some fun sort of questions now, uh, still related to the career. Who was the biggest pest at each club that he played at? Uh,
1: at each club? Yep. Okay. Uh, Carlton's definitely Ed Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a pest and and still is. Uh, Sydney pest, you'd say, uh, probably Gary Rowan at the time. Yep. Yep, it was... Um, I'd almost think he's a little bit bipolar, Gary Rowan. He's, uh, <laughs> one day you'll come in and he'll just be up and about and carry on. The next day you wouldn't know what you're going to get, but it oh, wow. was the best. And then, um, yeah, from the dogs, uh, that's a little, that's a tricky one. Mm. Not not so much a pest, but definitely a good character to have around is Bob Murphy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He yeah that good balance and that's what I really liked about, I think a lot of the the elite players had it was that good balance of when to carry on and, but when and to get fun. on with it sort of but thing yeah, as well. When to get on, so yeah, not so much a pest, but definitely good good value.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, and obviously, sometimes it's the same player when I ask this question as well, but sometimes it's not. Who was the funniest teammate at each club? Mm.
1: Funniest would be, uh, yeah. Ed would be yep. in Carlton. Um, funny just because he's a big idiot, really. Uh, uh, we're still good mates, myself and Ed. Um, yep. But yeah, he would be one. Uh, Sydney, funny man. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you off the top of my head.
0: That's fair enough. And what about the dogs?
1: And the dogs, funny man, the same. Yeah, I think you're right when you say, yeah. yeah well, th- th-
0: th- there's been a few sometimes that have been different, like as in funniest and biggest pest. But usually, yeah. most players say you know the, the same the same player. Yeah. Um. Which coach, obviously, because you had quite a few very good ones in John Longmire, Mick Muldhouse, and all that sort of stuff. Which coach had the biggest influence on you? A as a player, and B more or less the person or man you are today.
1: Uh, as a player it was. Definitely, Mick. So I think I played my best footy at Carlton. Um, he was a big believer, which I now instill into my boys. Uh, coach at the under nineteen level of, I don't care what you do during the week, as long as Saturday or whatever day it was, that's when you're playing your best footy. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, you could miss ten shots during you know during the weekly practice but then go and do 20 extras and make sure you don't miss them on game day sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, Oh no, I'm not feeling that good today. I don't want to do weights. No worries, but make sure you come ready to play. So yeah, um, yeah as long as you get yourself right to play game day. So uh, I was a big believer in that. And that was part of, as I was saying before, the reason I came down um, or back down to Melbourne was yeah, that belief. And I, I thought he got the best out of me in my footy. Yep. Um, and then as a person, I think it was, um, I think jong Long mai did, yeah. but I think that he was one who, as I was saying before, was very stern with what he was saying and would challenge you to a point where you didn't know if you could do it or not. But
0: Yeah. yeah. But you ended would, up always being able to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then also, yeah, he'll it, give you a clip when you needs it, but also give you a cuddle as well. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I thought. Him at that age of 21 to 24 was yeah, very instrumental.
0: Now that, that's awesome. Honestly, that's so awesome. And um, some quick fire questions Apple or Android? Apple. Yep. Um, geez, I had the questions listed because I did it in the last episode. Um, Apple or Android. Um, what's your beer of choice?
1: I don't drink beer. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do you drink spirits? I'm, I'm a cider man. Okay. Yeah, so they, um, the boys, my the 19s boys call me Cider Everett. Yep. So, um, <laughs>
0: Sorry, I, j- I just got that. That's great. Yeah,
1: yeah, they call me that, which is uh good fun. So, yeah, they call me that, but yeah, that, that and the white wine I don't mind.
0: Okay, well, what's your favorite cider then at the moment?
1: Uh, there's a group down in Tassie called Willie Smith, mm-hmm. they do a really nice cider
0: very nice well, i'll definitely be sure to try that if i can find it anywhere nearby um so there's there's beer of choice there was um apple android favorite movie of all time
1: uh this is a tough one mm. i've got two okay that's one really bizarre not bizarre mm-hmm. one's called enemy at the gates it's that's a,
0: that is a great film
1: yeah great film these. yeah Jude, Jude
0: law and uh Ralph Fiennes' brother, I'm pretty sure it is, Joseph Fiennes. and Rachel Weiss. That one, yes, yes, great film, yeah,
1: great film. So, um, mum introduced me to that when it sort of came out because it was around that era that my granddad, um, my two granddads actually fought against each other in the war. Oh, wow, so, yeah, one was for Latvia like, fighting for Hitler in a sense, mm-hmm. and then the other was English, so it was sort of around that era, and um, yeah, so that's a nice little. Fun fact
0: for you. Yeah, wow.
1: And then my other one, which is yeah, a bit bizarre, is I actually really enjoy Mean Girls.
0: That is a great film. Like, people are like, "Oh, it's a guilty pleasure film." No, it's it's a great film, especially. Yeah, yeah. I love I love Mean. If we're talking like guilty pleasure type movies, I love Mean Girls and White Chicks.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, but my favorite movie
0: of all time is is also a war movie. It's Saving Private Ryan.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Such a great film. I've been watching that movie since. I mean, probably younger than I should have been, but since I was about eight years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Enemy of the Gates is definitely a close second. It's anyone who's listening that hasn't watched it. it's I, I highly recommend you do watch it. It's so intense from the start, um, Enemy of the Gates, but it's such a good film. Um, so favourite movie, uh, favourite like band, if you've got one.
1: Uh, yeah, we uh, we go to a few music events, myself and my partner. Um band is a tough one i do like um at the moment gang of yous at the yep. moment um yeah, nice. very good but also um, we're a big fan of um australian women in music so yeah okay um, like vera blue and meg mac um yep. big fans and that sort of genre as such so yeah them two or them three at the moment
0: yeah nice Now that's awesome um And there was one other question, sorry, two or three other questions. Actually, the first question is um, when you decided to retire, obviously from AFL, it's not an easy decision to come to for anyone in professional sports. Um, How did the decision and how was the, you know, decision-making process for you to retire?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of both. So um, I'll, We'll swing back to when I said earlier about Rocket and yep. um, when I exited. So at the end of 2015, I, I came off my best year at Carlton. Um, Mick ended up getting the sack that year. Um, I won the leading goal kicking, yep. even though I was on a, a slim total of 31, but you still you still win it. So you still take um, it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I was pretty flat with um, Mick leaving, obviously being a big influence in me getting there and, Yep. enjoying my footy um and then that was a year brendan bolton come on board and then i had a call with a couple of a couple of days to go on the trade period saying oh yeah would you entertain going back and playing under rocket? rocket at, at the bulldogs no he was at gold coast
0: oh okay shit
1: so um Sat down and spoke to my partner. It was a pretty enticing deal. Um, I only had one year left to run on my contract at Carlton.
0: Yeah, but you were probably established down in Victoria by that point. Yeah, sort of yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and they sort of weren't looking at extending at that stage. So mm-hmm. um, Gold Coast came with a three-year, and I was like, three years? Why not? Let's have a crack. And, um, yeah, Carlton still sort of wouldn't let me go. But
0: Oh, geez.
1: So at that, that's sort of what I was saying earlier. But at that stage, I was twenty seven. I was more mature. I could, I reckon, I would have understood Rocket and what he was about, yeah, um, and all that sort of thing. So, I actually played a game this year, earlier this year, and Rocket was this the coach of the opposition. So, oh, wow. um, in the rooms after we we sat down for a good half an hour to chat, saying how you are and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, that was um that was a bit interesting. So. Yeah, that was sort of the roundabout figure. I was a bit more mature, um, thought I could understand, not take it so personally, yep. um, which I knew it never was. It was more just about in the day, it's a business. And oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think I learned that when I got up to Sydney. Um, so, yeah, when I – so in terms of the retirement, it was a bit interesting. So I, I was playing like, – K, but not really getting games and all that sort of stuff. My last year, mm-hmm. um, what ended up happening was myself and my partner. I was 27; she's a couple of years older. We sat down. I went into the meeting, exit meeting, saying I'm done. Yep. And then
0: as I in, into, as in, I'm done playing football, or I'm done yeah, here at yeah. Carlton.
1: No, I'm done playing footy. So yep. whether whether you offered me a, if they offered me a, a year or rookie whatever it was i was not going to take it Yep. um i just had enough and i was i just thought look 27 i need to try and do something do i punch out another year or two at another club no i I thought no let's move on with life move out of this environment and and transition yeah transition and they sort of had the same same view they'll go on the younger i think they Got rid of forty-five players within three. Well, years. I
0: mean that hasn't really panned out well for Carlton.
1: Yeah, so they got rid of a lot. Um, yeah, and I, I was just one of them. And um, yeah, well, you sort of go, you do the exit meeting, which yep. at this stage of, well, this day and age, it wouldn't be too weird. But back then, via Zoom, I, I wasn't too impressed with. Yeah. Um, and then you go out and then go meet the personal. You know, welfare manager and he's like "How are you feeling and i was like look honestly i'm fine yeah, yeah it, it's been in my head for the last three to four weeks this is my decision this is what i was going to do um so yeah it sort of worked out really well and yeah haven't regretted it one day since
0: that's fair and obviously the transition from full-time footy to uh you know, effective civil, effectively civilian type life. You know, you're no longer military being paid to play footy, being paid to stay fit, to regular normal work day life. What was the transition like for you? Uh,
1: it was good. Uh, I didn't mind it. So um, I think what was tough was I ended up doing a mature age apprenticeship as a carpenter. So yeah. as soon as I finished footy, I took the rest of the year off and then started in January as a first-year apprentice. So wow. um, being 27, and then my partner was decided um, she was studying for a while, wanted to do a law degree. Yep. So I was a first-year apprentice. She was a first-year law student. Wow. Um, it got a little bit tough at the end of the, the three years, and that's where we was sort of very thankful for the AFL and the AFLPA in terms yep. of... Um, you know looking after us in terms of retirement funds and bits yeah, and pieces that's a know. very
0: that's a very great like initiative that they've got there with the aflpa
1: yeah yeah so if it wasn't for that um yeah we wouldn't have been able to you know, keep the house or educate ourselves to be able to further our careers where now we're both yeah, you know, i've been qualified for a few years now and um she's sort of just finishing up her law she's been working but she just needs to do one last little thing which finishes yep. in peb oh awesome fully fledged lawyer so yeah it's our transition i found it pretty easy um yep. you did have to cut back on a lot in terms of like yeah, luxuries and whatnot yeah yeah you live a pretty lavish lifestyle being an nfl player but people like you you walk out with millions of dollars. It's like, No, you don't. You, you,
0: you really don't because... No. Sorry to interrupt, but you'd definitely be yeah. able to be one that can speak on this. So many people, you know, I've had such a you know, privilege of interviewing a lot of former AFL, NRL, soccer players that do get paid millions and whatnot across their whole season. Sorry, across their whole career. And yeah. there's people that, as you said, have the goal to say, oh, they've got millions of dollars after their career. No. They don't realize that... They don't. Not all players get. You know, say they sign on for 500k a year. They don't necessarily see that 500k in that year. That some of that is added up as incentive bonuses. Some of that is. You know, you've got to make a certain amount of games in that season to qualify for the 500 thousand. Not not only that, you've got on top of that, you've got a mortgage. You've got you've got regular bills. So yeah. many people don't understand that. And do you sort of um, get that sort of frustration that I'm all dead and worked up at about yeah. now when when yeah. people say that
1: uh yeah to a degree they're they're just like uh, you know what else do you do apart from play footy it's nothing it's your full-time job it's 40 hours a week like everyone else um yeah you get paid well but you also live well so um you get six weeks seven weeks off at the end of the year and you you know you spend your money going on holidays and doing bits and pieces yeah you live a good life and you spend your money but if you're smarter there's some people yeah. in hindsight yeah you can save more money if you want to but um you also want to enjoy it while you're young and that's yeah. sort of thing so yeah it, you're right the average whatever the average afl wage is now it's not yeah so yeah there's still people going on you, you say 100 grand or 120 grand you still think it's a lot but
0: but when you when when you dumb it down, it's it's really not. And there's so yeah. many people that don't under. There are so many people, obviously, that understand that, but there are also just as many that don't. And they, you know, when the contract debacles come up at the end of the, you know, will this player resign? They want this in their contract. They're asking this much money, and people get yeah. all up in arms, and they're like, oh, um, oh, why should? Why are they asking for this much? They've already got, you know, x amount of money over the last few years. It's like, how do you know they've still got it? You know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. In pardon my language, it's bullshit when people try to assume that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, no, you get a little bit, but no, it's okay.
0: No, absolutely. It it, it gets me that. And what also gets me is because I've had the privilege of interviewing now 154 uh, current and former professional sports people. Another thing is um, the bad boys. Not you in particular, but, you know, there's some fans that all they see is hate for a player. And they've never met this person, this player outside of football at a fan day or had the privilege like to interview them such as myself. And they just hate, hate, hate. And I'm just thinking, like, they'll they'll comment on every post that this person makes, you know, that hate, hate, hate sort of stuff. And I'm just like, mate, you don't know them. They may be an absolutely top bloke off the field and they just get white line fever. And that yeah. helps me segue into a question of who was the worst player to play against on the field, as in who would always rough you up, you know, or would have white line fever when, whenever you would play against them. Ooh, yeah, I- I do hate that as well, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely hate the white line fever, but a lot of people, yeah, it's like, oh, he's yeah. a shit bloke. It's like, you've only seen him on the field.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you're talking to my brother, he's, he'll be one of them. He's polarizing in terms of people who love him or hate him. Mm. Um, hopefully now. But he's also. chalk and
0: cheese when it comes to off the, yeah. off the field. Lovely bloke from what I've encountered with him so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um yeah, it it, is, it does get like that a little bit, um, but in terms of white line fever, I, I still remember it was my first year I dreadlocks and
0: <laughs> yep. yep. You you and Spider both had dreadlocks at some point in your careers.
1: Yeah, people thought it was I, I got them because of him, but I actually got them because of Chance Bateman. I love Chance Bateman back in the day. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. but yeah, it was my first uh, my first year of playing against Hawthorne. and um, we'll. Got into a scuffle with Campbell Brown. Yep. Yep. End up pulling my hair and saying, just like your brother. I was like, you don't even know me. Yeah. Like, how, how do you know I'm just like him sort of thing? And yeah. And so, then
0: to pull the hair, that's a bit of a dick move as well.
1: <laughs> sure is. But um, so White Long Fever, he was always one. But yep. again, I've never met him off the field, so I don't know. He could be a, a great bloke. Um, yep. And then, yeah, the... the One which I understand and only because I played with him, Barry Hall.
0: Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I thought it might have been Barry because he was at the um dogs at some point. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah, he was.
1: Yeah, but um, Mitch Robinson,
0: yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, definitely, he's definitely a pest on the field for sure. (laughs) Pest on and off the field. He, He could go in, he could go in the one at Carlton actually.
0: Well, I've definitely, um, I've definitely watched a lot of his, you know, Twitch streams when he does video games and that lately. And he yeah. definitely seems like a really nice guy, like yeah, a guy that is. you could, you could have a beer with, but also one that, you know, gives it as good as he gets it sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You could have a beer with him. You wouldn't have it any more than a few with him. Yeah. He puts his white line fever off the field, but he's, um, nah, he's a river bloke. I really like Mitchy.
0: That's awesome. Um, and I've got two last questions for you. What's next for you in terms of life? Yeah,
1: so um, as I said, I, I did my carpentry apprenticeship. Yep. Um, I went out of my own for a year and then uh, landed a role as a construction manager. So nice. at this stage, I'm doing residential construction as, as a manager. So we sort of, um, the group that I work for, we sort of do a lot of, um, kitchen bathroom renovations Yep. at any stage we're sort of looking after about 15 or so of them um, as well as sort of mid to high-end uh, extensions so yep. yeah that, that's keeping me busy I, I really enjoy the field I really enjoy being on the tools and now sort of now they I've got my head around what exactly it takes to build a house um, yeah to be able to pass that wisdom and I think the beauty, even though I'm still pretty raw in um, the building construction game, what I've learned through footy
0: yep.
1: is being able to manage people and, and talk yeah. to people. And
0: and of uh, course, the teamwork that comes that goes with it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you need to know your stuff, but you also need to
0: be able to manage people, which, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm very grateful for from footy
1: is being able to do that.
0: That's awesome. And one last question is a sort of segment that actually I've got two questions probably because I just remembered that I started a segment last episode with Xavier Ellis and it was yeah. a guest. The, the guest has to ask a question for the next guest and um, they don't know who the next guest is. Um, obviously, you know who my next guest is, any, guest is anyway. So yeah. I'll ask Xavier's question for you first. And that was, if you had your last few dollars, would you invest it in property or the stock market?
1: Uh, I know nothing about the stock market. So it would definitely be in property.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the last one is, oh, I mean, I may as well mention it in, in this episode, but my next guest coming up is your brother, Spider Everett. And what question do you have for our next guest?
1: Um, I I want you to set a timer for him. Yep. Um, I want him to have 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I would like him to, so I've got uh, five brothers and sisters. Yep. I've got 19 nieces and nephews and I want him to name them all apart from his kids.
0: All of the 19. So minus his kids, yeah. all the nephews and nieces.
1: Yeah. Within okay. 30 seconds.
0: Within 30 <laughs> seconds. Okay. I want to thank you very much for your time, Dre, and I absolutely enjoyed having you on the show.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was good.